Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we update you on the incomings and outgoings at Chelsea and keep you up to date on all the transfer news um, that we've got. We're also going to give you our form temp checks for the US preseason tour that's come to an end. And we're also going to have a look at some predictions for the 2023-24 season, see who's got the crystal ball ready. And we've got our own ESCR Quizmaster Brady back again for the new season with another Chelsea quiz. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. Guys, the free season has come to an end and the kickoff is coming. Are we buzzing? We're absolutely buzzing. I mean, we can't wait to be down at Stamford Bridge on Sunday. I can't believe it's only a few days away now. Obviously, when the season ends, it always feels like it's going to be forever until the the start of the new season. But it's gone pretty fast and there's been a lot happened this preseason. And there's a lot to be excited about for the the new season under Posh and especially the game, big game against Liverpool. Super Sunday at 4.30. Yeah, it's... It's the first season for Poch, but it's season two of ESCR. We've got so much to talk about. There's so much going on with people going in, people going out. We've got a new club captain that just got announced. And we're actually playing a football match in three, in three, day, three or four days. So, yeah, buzzing. Lots to think about, lots to process. But, yeah, good stuff. New, new season. Yeah, we've got so much to talk about today. I mean, like you said, we've got a new captain. We might even have a sponsor on our shirts. Goodness. Um, but... Let's start with the breaking news, and we're very happy to break this news on the pod. Um, but Chelsea have just announced that we have a new club captain at Chelsea for the new season, and his name is Rhys James. I think we should insert some sort of applause uh, uh, sound in there. Absolutely fantastic news that Rhys James is the, is the new club captain. I, I'm a massive Rhys James fan. I think he's proper Chelsea. I think my um, preference to Thiago Silva would have been Reese as well, um, just because I think, you know, we're building for the future with this squad. He deserves to be captain. 17 years at Chelsea, joined us in 2006 when he was just seven years old. He's always said that he wants to be ca- captain of this club. Um, and I think he's, you know, up there, maybe our best player, definitely on our top three. So I think everything just aligns for him at 23 years old to just take over the, the reins and be captain of Chelsea. And I think it'll be a popular decision amongst basically every every fan. Yeah, I mean, it's big. I'm a bit surprised. I thought it might be Silver just for one year with Reese's vice. But I think maybe language was the issue for Silver. And like Craig said, the age. Uh, yeah, I mean, Reese James is on his day when he's fit, the best player at the club. I think it's big as well for the fan base. And in a summer where Mount went, and there was a lot of disharmony about that. To have a Cobham uh, graduate as as the captain, haven't had that well for for a long time, really. So, yeah, fantastic buzzing for that, and it just really breathes into this ethos that we've got of this these young lions mentality that we've got kind of uh, coming through the squad. A complete kind of um, switch around of what we've had recently. So, yeah, yeah, I'm buzzing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's interesting you mentioned about Mount Leaven as well, and. People forget the quality that's in our team um, because of all the injuries we went through last season and the difficulties in performance. And I think this is maybe uh, something that's come off the back of the preseason tour as well. So obviously there was a lot going on there with making decisions, integrating people within the squad, you know, defining the culture that will continue to be um, defined as the season goes on and into the next seasons beyond that. But 
yeah, I think it's a it's a really great decision. I probably would have leaned also more towards um, uh, Silva, but I think Reese is a really great captain. Important thing for him is to deliver, I think, now, and hopefully he can start by staying on the pitch and trying to keep fit because um, that's going to be a key to our success this season is to keep to keep him fit. Um, just quickly, I'll, I'll read some some quotes because it was released. Um, that he was the captain, along with some comments from from Pochettino, who said, "This is a decision taken by me and the club. We are very pleased with um, Reese that he will captain the side this season. He leads by example. His attitude and dedication to Chelsea have been clear throughout pre-season. He proudly wore the armband during our summer tour and will take up the challenge of leading our squad with his own approach and ideas. And this is really good to hear from your manager. And did see them interacting quite a bit actually when you watch some of the pre-season." Uh, game so yeah fantastic good quote it just it just feels right to me doesn't it like it just he'll lead us out on Sunday and that just feels correct yeah I think it also brandages the kind of it is a bit of the old guard leaving and the new kind of generation coming as well right so um it's cool that they've kind of gone with more of a youthful direction yeah it's it's just a complete reset this season uh apparently Ben Chilwell it's going to be a vice captain, so all jokes aside, if they both get injured, we might need a vice vice captain. But hopefully, they can both stay fit this season. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, also with Chilwell as well, really quickly, he showed some great leadership in the, like the tail end of last season. Even under Potter, I remember Leeds at home. Uh, he was really, really good leadership wise, and I think he did a really good interview with the Athletic lately. So him and Reese, kind of as like each side of the pitch, wing backs running up and down. That they actually cover the pitch a lot, right? They actually get up and down and get around the pitch, so I can talk to a lot of players. So, ideal players to be captain. So, uh, yeah, really happy with that combo of uh, leadership. Yeah, I've been surprised by Chilwell like stepping up to that role. He's sort of, I assume when we signed him, he came across as a bit of like a joker sort of guy, but actually he's uh, he's really been a, a leader for us on the pitch for sure. And him, Gallagher, and Sterling, I think, look the fittest of our players. They they look in great shape coming into the new season. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, the the new look Chelsea, new manager, new captains, and a whole new team as well. So yeah, should be should be exciting. On the back of Rhys James becoming captain, as some breaking news recently, some more news that came out um, this week was the squad numbers have been announced. The all looser squad numbers that everyone likes to guess at. Um, some standout ones maybe that um, well, I guess the the main story of the squad numbers is that. No one has taken the number nine shirt. The uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what we call it. The cursed number nine shirt. We've had some stinkers with that one. Um, any standouts for you? Any were you surprised at? The main standout know. for me is um, that yeah, we should retire the number nine shirt. I think just forget about it. Forget it ever existed. Just you know, do what Inter Milan used to do. Back in the day, River Cobra and eight plus one and all that. Anyway, jokes aside, I think uh, there's been some surprising choices. I'm quite surprised they gave Mudrick the ten. That's quite a lot of pressure. Uh, I would have assumed that Christopher and Cuckoo would have got number ten. Um, Nani at eleven is one that's been I think overlooked a bit. I think I've had a nice number for him. And yeah, Jackson uh, fifteen is good for him because that was actually his number of Villarreal. And it was also a number of a certain Chelsea legend, Mr. Drogba, who's been compared to a little bit in pre-season. So, yeah. His first number, yeah, Drogba. Obviously, he changed yes. to 11, but... Yeah, first number. 
a little bit like the Hazard 17 to 10, right? He went from 17 yeah. to 10. Um, but yeah, uh, our new signing, Axel Disassi, which we uh, will speak about later, was number two. Benoit at the classic number five. And uh, yeah, I mean, and interestingly, ZH, um, Callum and Lukaku have not been given numbers, so you have to assume they'll be on their way soon. So yeah, that's my take from the numbers, really. I guess Cool Will taking um, oh, yeah. 26 is notable, right, for, for uh, the JT. Yeah, I missed that, yeah. Comparisons. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit a, of an upgrade on Koulibaly, probably. <laughs> Did he have to ring JT up for that as well? Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. where's the Cool Will <laughs> ring up? <laughs> I mean, wasn't Koulibaly in, like, on the road in Africa somewhere and he's rang up, couldn't he wait till he got home or something? Ringing him up like cross country on some sort of safari, and JT could barely hear it. Maybe he thought it was someone else, as he couldn't hear him. But um... maybe that's why he got the Saudi deal to pay for the <laughs> roaming charge. It's like um, notable that some of these guys got squad numbers. I don't know if it's meaningful or not, but um, a couple of the new signings and players like Santos that you thought might go on loan. Um, they've been given numbers. Also, Mason Burstow, Lucas Bergstrom, Eddie Beach, and Lewis Hall obviously kept 67. They've also been given squad numbers for the new season. Whether we they end up staying um, in the dev squad or uh, being loaned out, it's just notable, I guess, that, that they've actually been given um, numbers for this season. I like Enzo taking the eight. I like covering the eight. I think there's not similar yeah. type players, but I think Enzo and the eight is quite nice. So. I really I liked one... five for a midfielder, so I was loving Enzo five. Um, and also, I wish I'd got an Enzo five shirt because now I won't be able to get that. So yeah, the um, yeah, that was definitely the standout for me was Enzo going eight, which obviously kind of plays into the fact he he will try and push him further up. And taking number five is Big Ben, Badia Shil. He's he's nicked his number. So and you've got you've got seven Raheem Sterling. The amount of GA that Chris thinks he's going to get this year. <laughs> <laughs> Seven GA, but yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's not too much else. And uh, the new favourite, Ian Martin, took Kai's number, so yeah, twenty nine. The curse shirt. Yeah, <laughs> the new curse. Yeah, anyone with a nine in done. Robert Huth actually twenty nine, famous twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. Was he twenty nine? Yeah, I believe so. No, he is. He was. He was twenty nine. I've just looked it up. Yeah, another uh, twenty nine. Well, twenty nine. Right, here's here's a couple of. Here's the last two notable. Well, the last three players to get twenty nine were Kai Havertz, Tamori, and Maratta. Well, I can't remember Maratta wearing twenty nine. Bit of a varied shirt. Bit of position. <laughs> no, position free. Just goes all over the place. It's a, rub- it's a rubbish shirt, isn't it? But yeah. Eto and Demba Bar also wore it. It's not um, we, on the Sunday mornings when you used to play for your, your Sunday league team or whatever. No one's fighting over twenty nine, are they? It's, just, it's at the bottom of the bin bag. If you've got it in there, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, there's a few. The the guess the most notable shirt that's free is obviously the number four shirt, which everyone assumes that Caicedo will will get, which nicely brings us on to um, the people who are coming in transfers in. Um, so so far we've had. Well, since we last spoke, um, we've had three three people who have come in. Um, one DM in Leslie Ugachukwu. Hopefully that pronunciation is accurate. <laughs> um, we've had a centre-back in Axel Dezazi. And goalkeeper 
in Robert Sanchez from Brighton, who most people will be familiar with. Um, what do we think, guys? That's uh, so just quickly on those. Uh, Uga Chukwu's come from Ren for 23.2 million. Uh, Dezazi's from Monaco, 38.8 mil. And Sanchez from Brighton for 25 mil. Happy with those three incomings? Yeah, I mean, I think additions to the squad were definitely required in, in those positions. I guess Dezazi's come in to, to directly replace Fafana um, in that situation. And they can let Chalaba go. If they if they want to, and Fafana's fit, um, that makes sense to me. Um, he can also play right back as well, which is a nice bonus. Chalaba obviously did a decent job filling in at, at right back last year, but Tassi actually has some experience there and just looks like a better player overall. Obviously, a France international um, as well. Um, Uka Chukwu is uh, is in a position of incredible need for us. Um, whether he actually ends up staying, obviously, we'll see who Chelsea end up signing um, in the next few weeks three weeks or so of the transfer window if we get Caicedo and then maybe they keep Santos and they're happy with Gallagher there and um, maybe we won't see another signing and and he'll go on loan um so yeah looks like a good another really strong pickup and then Sanchez we definitely need to give Kepper at least some competition um so if you weren't going to go for the top goalkeeper in the summer as I guess we we sort of got priced out of a lot of the options um this seemed like a really good option and, and a decent price as well, to be honest. Like you don't get much um, for 20 million uh, these days in, uh, especially from a Premier League team. So yeah, I think uh, all three of those signings make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, really? with Dezassi, I think he's very strong and aggressive. I'm not saying he's a Tony Rudiger replacement, but he's definitely got that little bit of edge to him more than Fofana. I think he does see... The ugly thing is quite well. I think he, he's, he's, you never know with the intro videos, but he seemed to come off really well. Bit of a leader at Monaco. Could definitely need that. I think that's why he's been brought in. This was, I mean, it's come out of nowhere. A bit like a Chelsea win last season. It, it was a bit like a Liverpool buy. No one knew about it. And I know he was linked to United. So I think they've really headhunted him. So I think he could be an undercover really good buy. Um, give competition um to silver well not necessarily competition to silver right but right back he can rotate to right back maybe games more physical games away where i think silver some silver sometimes struggles a little bit disaster could come in so that'd be great with look at chukwu um i mean again you're looking at the youtube videos and he's got you don't know much about them he's very 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 well uh scouted around a lot of hype about this player i think he'll be strasburg bound with some of the other with uh, angelo that's recently gone out I think they've got. I think they can only like loan three players to um, Strasbourg, and I think he'll be one of them. Unless Caicedo doesn't come in, I think they're probably waiting for the Caicedo deal to go through. Um, but yeah, again, another good signing. Very good stats. Very good profile. We'll see. And yeah, with Robert Sanchez, I mean, I- I'll be honest. I'm not Matt. I listened to the London's Blue podcast today with Matt Law. He said it might be. This is a bit of an English phrase. Bit of a fudge. Bit of a. I'm not sure he's really an elite keeper, really, to be honest. Got massive arms, massive wingspan. We joked about that on our Twitter. But when you look at stats-wise, physically he looks a lot better than Kepa, but stats-wise he isn't amazing. So he would need, really, in my opinion, to for a seven-year contract to really um, step up. Ben Roberts, the goalkeeping coach at Brighton, is a ch- from the week I actually had on the Posse. So we actually, I think we have more goalkeeping coaches than goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, Ben Roberts could really help him. We'll see. Looks like he's gonna. Looks like he's probably gonna be pushed to be the number one. Um, so yeah, we'll wait and see. But not massively, uh, you know, excited about Sanchez. But let's see. 
Yeah, I think Sanchez, it's interesting because Sanchez is actually younger. <laughs> it doesn't really look it because Kepa's got quite a baby face. Um, but he's younger than yeah. Kepa. He's 25 and Kepa's 28. So um, does it, I guess for me, goalkeepers always tend to get better when they're older. I mean, famously, look at someone like Van der Sar, who really only who performed so well for United during those like last five years of his career. Um, and he was much older in his 30s. So I think... Looking at Sanchez, I think it's not a bad pickup. I think he's probably better than Kepa personally, just from the eye test. Um, we've watched Kepa for long enough to know he's not not commanding enough. I think Sanchez is six six as well, which gives him a big height advantage over Kepa. So um, yeah, we, obviously Kepa might actually be leaving, um, which is a rumor that came out today. But I think it's an astute buy. I think it's Premier League experience, someone who wasn't first choice. And I think we got him for a reasonable price as well. Obviously, we put over a mortgage. The only thing I'll say is that, like, from a brutal standpoint, we basically have the number Spain, number three, and number four, and that's just not good enough for Chelsea Football Club. We need an Allison-type goalkeeper, really, if we're going to progress. And we chose not to spend money in that area, and we've kind of gone for a cheaper option, which is the direction that the club's going in. But you can't mess about a goalkeeper. You just got to invest some money. Uh, Edison shows that. Allison shows that. Um, I'm not sure how Anana would do for United. I know he had a bit of a poor start where he got beaten by the halfway line, but he should be really improving their progression on the pitch and build up more than De Gea. There was better goalkeepers out there to buy, and in a way, I'm a little bit disappointed we got Sanchez, but it just feels like it was just a cheap option and they've gone for it, and hopefully it works out, but we'll see. Yeah, I think I think so. We'll see if they improve that. I would say Sanchez is a better option than Kepa this season if I had to pick That's one. That's not saying much, though, is it, really? Let's be honest. I no, mean, but I, I don't want Kepa for the season at all from watching him for, what, five, well, well, six years? Well, like you said, Thomas Tuchel, the man that he is, the Chelsea man that he is, he's actually come in for Kepa for some bizarre reason. So there's there's links today that maybe Bayern want to loan him or want to buy him. So there are other... Goalkeeping options we can buy. There's that we can buy. There's Diogo Costa who have been linked to before, but he, he was very expensive. So we we'll have to wait and see. There's Mike Mangwan and uh, Mike Mangiana. Uh, Milan will be kind of the dream signing, but we we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, goalkeeper for me, a bit stronger, but still not an area that I'm completely happy with. To be honest, I also think you need to respect the fact that Kepa's on an absolutely ridiculous wage for a goalkeeper. He's on yeah. more than Edison. Uh, he's on, I think, close to the same as Allison. So he's in that bracket of goalkeeper and he's nowhere near good enough, which you've already explained. So you need to get rid of his wage from the book before you start putting big money in. So I think probably one of the other issues is not being able to get rid of him. So maybe the fact we're able to get rid of him now, maybe suggests they, they go in for another goalkeeper. We don't know. So we'll see That's what happens with that. Um, yeah, Ugochukwu, I think you're right. I think he's going to be loaned out. And Dazazi looks really good. Uh, he's 25 as well. So that's a bit of a more serious buy, I think, than people realise. Also 38 mil, so I think we'll see him play quite a bit. You've actually um, missed the player out, Chris. Don't want to call you out. You've missed a player out that's come in. Go for it. Who have I missed? It's David Washington. <laughs> David? David, I've been looking out for this guy for a while. I've known about him for a few years. Now, in all seriousness, it was another here we go. Him. Are, you, are you working at Chelsea? Well, it was another here we go, where basically you go straight to Google because you've got no idea the guy is. Uh, he's, he's Angelo's best mate from, I don't know if they're best mates, but he's come from Santos. For Santos boys in Strasbourg, you can make a little documentary out of it. They're off to Strasbourg for a little French adventure. No idea if he's any good. Goldberg on Twitter says that he looks like a young Benzema. Who knows? But um, yeah, another 15, 20 million signing. 
they're stacking up. Yeah, another another kind of se- and all seriousness and a kind of secondary uh, tier sort of uh, acquisition along with um, the others that we've made. So yeah, we'll have to see how he gets on. Nice, yeah. Hopefully he uh, does well at Strasbourg. Striker, by um, Striker. Yeah, thank you. That's good, actually. Um, I assume with the Benzema <laughs> reference, he was a striker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of people in on the rumour mill, Brady, you've been running the rumour mill on Twitter. What, what have you got for us? The strongest rumour mill is uh, our USN... Uh, NT, US men's national team quota is down with uh, Pulisic leaving. So now it's, it's, it's Tyler Adams coming in. Uh, and funnily enough, he's actually injured at the moment. So he's absolutely perfect for Chelsea. We're linked with a lot of injured players, actually. Yeah, we are. We are. All, all jokes aside. Um, he's actually quite a dynamic player. I think I've been doing a little bit of research on him and FP ref uh, in terms of at Leipzig, he was a very dynamic player. Um, presses a lot, so actually he might be a player for 25 million, or I think he's got a 20 million release fee um, that maybe we can use. I think we definitely need cover in that area. I think we're all pretty unhappy about Conor. We'll get to that later. All pretty unhappy about Conor Gallagher playing in the six. Yeah, we need some energy in there. Caicedo's not over the line yet. I don't think Caicedo's 100% yet. So yeah, it looks like he's going to be coming in. He captained America in the World Cup. He was their best player, apparently. Um, so yeah, I mean, not really in a, a signing you're going to be that bothered about, but maybe it could be a good little pickup. I think it, that's exactly what we should be signing, right? If we're going to sign Caicedo, then we should sign him. He kind of fits the the profile of player that wouldn't immediately command a starting role, but it's happy coming off the bench. Remember, we're going to be playing 100 minute matches um, this season as well. We uh, we need the, to use those five subs in games, and he seems perfect to come on and, and give us some energy in midfield. Um, yeah, so I, I like the signing. I think that, that makes sense. Hopefully he's good, yeah. We've we've already been done by one American. So it's more hopefully he's fit at this point. Yeah, we'll see. If he, maybe we'll get if he can play If he can play, three, if he can play 2,000 minutes, he'll do for me. Don't care what he's like. <laughs> Move on to the next uh, croc that we've been linked with. Yeah. Well, the next croc we've been linked with is Michael Elise, I think you're referring to, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Michael Lisa, I mean, I know Craig, you're a bit lukewarm in personality-wise. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's a player profile-wise, very good for us. Good the extra replacement uh, in terms of can cut in, but actually can play in a 10. Very good at set pieces. Bit of a wonder of a left foot. Um, I, think he's very, I think he's got a 35 million release fee. City are after him. I think when City are after players, I know it's a bit, bit of a cliche, they've got a very good scouting system, City. They don't usually miss the signings. So I think if they're sniffing around, they were actually sniffing around Buddy Shield as well. So I think when they're after him, I think you might want to get him before that. I think he's a good player. I think his brother actually plays for the club at youth level as well. So there's that link. Um, so yeah, um, we'll have to wait and see. I think it's a bit of a shootout with City, but he isn't. he's out for two months. So, I mean, and you, so you've, got, you've got an injured player coming into, and Nonny's injured as well. So it's injuries on injuries at the moment. I think, um, I, think it, it, I, I wonder sorry, if he's... He, he must be a good player if you rate him over Ziyech. <laughs> well, I just meant a replacement in terms of like on that right wing. I think that uh, I wonder if Chelsea view him as a potential to play 10 as well because yeah, otherwise it kind of blocks Madweke's um, ability to develop yeah. and play minutes in the, in the squad. They're kind of directly competing with each other. It doesn't really make as much sense to me as the Adams 
uh, signing mates. Adams is clearly the backup to Caicedo and Enzo, and I think he'd be happy with that role um, and be a sub a lot of games and sort of play in the, the cup games maybe. Um, whereas I think Elise and Madueke are both looking to start games uh, this season. So, yeah, there's a bit of a... a competition there and maybe a little bit more of a strange signing i think everything else makes sense does Assi make sense you know all the everything that chelsea are doing sort of makes sense to me this one slightly confused but hopefully you know maybe we'll see it play out and yeah maybe they've got a different idea for elise as a as a 10 or something i think it's quite fee-based i mean i don't even remember well i mean kind of feels like the now but when we bought jackson we were all a bit confused like this guy no one third of for 35 million and he says not similar in that sense, but it's it's a good price and it's a player that's got Premiership Premier League experience. I think they're just really, really obsessed with that twenty to forty million bracket. Just get as many players and get in. You can like, like Chris says from a business standpoint, you can sell them on and not. They don't want the hundred millions anymore. They don't want another Lukaku basically, where they're just losing so much money. Um, so yeah, I think they're really obsessed with this twenty to forty million bracket. It feels like. Yeah, the reason no one's taking nine, actually, I forgot, is because Romelu Lukaku's still there. Yeah, there was actually a picture. Yeah, he, didn't get, he didn't get a squad number, though, did he? He no. didn't get a squad number, no, and he's not training with the first team. Um, so no one's got the nine. He's not got the nine. He's not, no well, one's got there it. There was a leaked picture of him at Cobham today, I think. Yeah, he is at really? Cobham. He's just not yeah, yeah, associating yeah, yeah. He's with jogging the first about. team. And he would be jogging about. He's not doing sprints, is he? Definitely um, not. One thing I said about Elise, him out for the dev squad. I want him out there. Let's see what he can do. I'd just rather him jogging about. Get him, get him in goal. <laughs> just, just take some shots at him. That'd be great. He'd never get down for the low ones, would he? Well, it was. A, did you see that the uh, the, the Juventus um, ultras today? They put out a sign saying, uh, "We don't want you to khaki. We don't want a second goalkeeper." I mean, he's not very. I mean, all jokes aside, yeah. if I was Lukaku. Italian fans can be pretty despicable at times in terms of their abuse. I don't think it's going to be real work. Greg, you posted Sorry? the inter-vice president Zanetti's quote about Lukaku. Yeah. But he told Gazetta, which was, quote, Lukaku has betrayed us. We're very disappointed. We expect a completely different behaviour by Romelu as professional, but also as a man, end quote. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, discussing Lukaku on this podcast. I mean, he's wasted enough of our our time. I think he's uh, if he knows what's best for him, he'll go to Saudi, cash in the end of his career. But yeah, the last thing on Elise for me was just around his personality and the fact he doesn't celebrate goals, which I find very bizarre in in football. Um, he's one of those people. The last person I can remember who did this was uh, Asu Okoto from Tottenham. He also came out and said playing football was his job, and that um, he's just he's just doing his job, much like you know popping in at nine and finishing at five, kind of thing, clocking in, clocking out. So when he scores, it doesn't really mean anything to him in that sense. Wasn't the quote from him? He said, "A postman doesn't ce- celebrate when he delivers a letter." Yeah, that's it. I mean, Okoto. <laughs> Well, that's it. I can't remember. <laughs> Point is, Elise's got that saying. He's he's like that. He doesn't celebrate stuff. He's just like, I just find that really weird. Like, even you know, Potter maybe wasn't the most, but even you remember that like West Ham game away where he was like, he's up, you know, fist pumping. So he did have it in his locker in that Dortmund home game. He was buzzing. So like he he was doing it. Elise's literally just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not celebrating. I'm going back to the halfway line. Let's kick off again, boys. 
That was uh, that was Balotelli. That quote, sorry, that he said uh, he was asked why he doesn't celebrate goals, and he said because I'm only doing my job. When a postman delivers a letter, he doesn't does he celebrate? That was uh, that's a Balotelli quote. So he's got some good company, Asso, Koto, and and Balotelli. That's some interesting, uh, interesting company. I think even interesting. Balotelli, Eleven assists last season for a Palace team. Only a couple of goals, but I think he I think he's a good pickup, and he's still young, but. Um, I don't care if they cry when they score. Just put it in the net. <laughs> just, just score. I, I just think we're assembling quite a, quite a unique, young, energetic squad that's very passionate Ooh. and yeah. sort of killers. You know, I, I do think we've we've sort of got recruitment right. And I just and and I, this is maybe prejudging Elise because I I don't really know so much about him as a person. So when and obviously people can still grow and, and mature as as people um, as well. Obviously, there's the interview from Elise where he sort of one word answers as well and Vieira afterwards said you know that was that's Michael you know that's not him putting on an act that's him as a person and so he I don't think he has sort of um will be a regular um personality in football you know he's, he's quite maybe a more of a unique person which is obviously fine but yeah I, I, and obviously he's still young and, and has room to grow but I just think does it really fit with the profile of player that we have. I love Madueke's passion, Sterling, Mudrick, especially Nicholas Jackson at the moment, and Kunku. These guys, Enzo, they all play with a bit of an edge. Conor Gallagher as well. These are all the players that will be playing on, on Sunday. They all have a little bit of a fire to them. Reese James even does as well. Chilwell, Thiago Silva. You know, the whole team really, back to front, has, has a bit of a personality and a bit of an edge to it. And I just wonder whether Elise fits in as much as that but yeah we'll see i'll, I'll say that like I've, i'll counter that a bit i don't think every player in the team has to have that personality i mean you can you're supposed to have a mix i think i don't think every no, player no one's no one's like not celebrating don't all have to be 100% i don't think anyone's like looking at the uh, squad profile and like we need someone who doesn't really celebrate goals it's like no, no i think it's a, i think it actually i think zh is a good comparison i mean zh is like you yeah, look at him and he likes shruggy shoulders when he scores, and people don't like that like, well, yeah, of course, that, exactly that. They don't like that. And that's one of the reasons... If he produces on the pitch, I don't care, honestly. we, we You can't be picking and choosing between if he's a young, talented player and he's going to bring something to the squad in terms of set pieces, playing in a 10, which is we're going to talk about that later. 10 is a real issue for Chelsea Football Club this, at the moment. I think bring him in. I, I mean, I think Poch can turn him in a personality as well and maybe bring it out of him. As long as he's not disharmonious so if he's a bit late a bit shy or a bit awkward or a bit of a weird person i don't think that's really going to break I'm... up the spirit that much sure. i'd be surprised if Poch signed him off but there you go right we must move on lots to talk about so anyone else on the rumor mill let's talk about the main guy caicedo i mean caicedo might have a freedom bus path by the time this is done he might be 70 it's take <laughs> it's taking a long time we don't know. I think I think it's getting to the point where Chelsea basically are going to essentially, whether it's add-ons, going to have to pay 100 mil. And it's getting to the point where really I think they just should. Um, Brian, I'm not really budging. We're waiting on this final bid. It's we, He will not be involved against Liverpool. I mean, we're recording now on Wednesday night. There's no, no sign of Kaisoda big coming in. We'll be lucky if we get him for the West Ham game. Yeah, I think we just need to get it done because, yeah, if, if more of this, like, it's Kaisoda... In that deeper line position, we just desperately, desperately need him. And for a desperate player, he desperately needs. I know you don't want to be looking to overpay, but I think we're already overpaying. I think his market value is about sixty million. So we're already well, ridiculously. Like, over. 
What happens if he signs? He just gets injured. Sorry? What's the game plan there? Because like it's like we're all sort of putting our house on this guy, Kaiseido coming in, and that's it. It's kind of like the last piece. Yeah, of yeah, we are, we are, we are, really, we are really rolling the dice for this guy, right? I mean, that's why maybe Adams has been bought as a bit of a backup, but we're already desperately overpaying for this guy, thirty, forty percent. To just, I know it's not great business and it's not really a great look, but with Brighton, with Tony Bloom, he just doesn't budge. He just does not budge. So well, he might budge the fact that uh, Caicedo has now packed up his stuff. He's not playing for them. He's not participating. That might be all hyperbole, though. That might be rumour. That was, that's just quoted. But like, he's packed up his stuff and he's left. And he also, Brighton needs so. to be careful with this going forward. Obviously, they're really a stepping stone club still. And, and you know they're going to sign these younger players. And they're going to ask them to sign contracts and say, look, if big clubs come in for me, I want to go. And they're saying yes. And then you know you bid £80 million for them and you can't get them. So... Brian needs to be careful as well managing this situation. It's not all uh, as easy as you're making out, Brady, and the, the pressure's on them as well a little bit. So, yeah, I think yeah. this is just uh, one of the I agree with that because actually there's been a story that's come out today that Mohamed Kudus, um, he's supposed to be going to Brian. He, exactly what you're talking about. He actually wants a release clause in his contract and Brian are refusing to do that. So it's, yeah, already, yeah. It's, it's, it's already buying them. But I just think, I don't know, like if it's a difference between 92 and £97 million pounds at this point, I think for five million pounds, get it done. We need the player because I think Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool are quite quite a weak midfield at the moment. But if we were to play a big team like City at the moment, I think in the midfield we'd be in quite big trouble. So we need the player. Get him in now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Chelsea are quite keen to get it done, and and just part of the negotiation process. We'll see see when that gets done. Yeah, just really quickly. I mean, not to ever really want to mention the car in this pod again, but he is intrinsically linked with Dusan Tatlavich, which. You know, Juventus want you know loads of money, and they want to, to give and Lukaku to uh, give us Vlajevic. Basically, I mean, I don't know what you think of him. We haven't really spoke about him. He feels like a bit of a Morata signing to me, a bit like a not really sure, a bit of a meh signing. What do you boys think of him? Because with with and Kunku getting injured, he actually could be quite a pivotal player. And Nick Jackson is off to the Afcon as well. What do you think of him as a player? Because I think he is someone who actually could be quite pivotal in our season if he comes in. Not interested in him personally. I mean, I don't think it really fits us at all. I mean, that Jackson had a great preseason. I think we've got to give him at least till January. By the time Afcon comes around, Broya will be fit as well. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me as as a signing. He's not the same profile of player as Nkunku, who is going to be sort of the link between uh, midfield and attack. Um, so yeah, to, to, I'm not interested at all, and I don't know where this has come from. I know he's been a bit of a flop at Juve, and maybe they're trying to get rid of him, but. Yeah, I mean, just no no interest at all. I am um, of the same thinking, really. I don't really... It's not... The, I think the issues come from the fact he's not done well at Juventus and the fact they're trying to get rid of him, which would suggest that his age... Because he's only 23, if I'm correct. Um, I think he's 23. Double-check that. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, so he's 23, which would suggest that's something that isn't quite right. Um, no, it's not to say that he could be a bad player, but as Craig kind of mentioned, he doesn't really fit in with what we're trying to do. I wouldn't know whether to play. Maybe he's... If you think about what we're going for in terms of the type of players that we've got, he seems a bit different to that. He kind of seems like someone we would have signed maybe previously. Yeah, I agree um, with that. In the, in the previous formation, he would have been good under maybe two corner, three, four, three. So I don't know. I'm not keen on him, but 
but we actually might get stuck with him in a way because they might be so desperate to get rid of Lukaku that they get they they push him. But I I think as I mentioned, but the transfer window for the um all the Saudi clubs I think is a lot later. I think it's the middle to the end of September nineteenth or something like that. So I think he will probably end up going Lukaku regardless. So it's whether they want to cash in on Vlahovic and. There is an issue, obviously, around Brozier, around his fitness levels, whether he's able to perform. And um, it's quite, we, we haven't seen anything of him really since he got injured. So it is a bit of a risk in itself going with him. And he is he going to get injured again? Is he is he really going to recover in time? Um, and Kunku's now injured as well for a considerable amount of time. Um, so, yeah, it's things haven't really gone in our favour in that instance recently. So, it is a tricky one, but I, I wouldn't if I if I had to pick, I wouldn't go for him really. Okay, cool. Yeah, for me it's a bit bit Morata. I don't know my Juventus thing. Just think he can score some goals, but not sure his all around game is really suited to Porsche. I don't think he's a good presser. I'm not sure his all around game is that good. I think he's just from Fiorentina. He scored about thirty five goals in two seasons. A bit of a goal machine for them, but um, other than that, yeah, not really too fast. But let's see, let's see how that uh, situation develops. Okay, so let's quickly move on to loan exits. Who have we, who's gone on loan? We can rush through these. Uh, Angelo's gone to Strasbourg. That was a really nice um, intro video uh, of uh, Angelo, I think, um, some clips of him when he was a kid and uh, going through the ranks of Santos. Good. Uh, I think there was some feeling that maybe he could stay at right wing. Very impressive preseason. Um, but yeah, maybe a bit like Cathedral we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, really good experience. We'll likely get two and a half thousand minutes for the club. They seem really, really excited to have him. So I think it'd be what maybe a bit of a, not a talisman because he's a young player, but maybe a figurehead in the team, work the team around him. I have to wait and see, he's got a lot of talent, very very skilled, good invert, the classic inverted right winger or left footed. So yeah, I think that's a good move for him. And again, obviously one of the main benefits of uh, buying a club, you can loan players to them. Another one back bit back home is uh, Lewis Hall. Uh, I think apparently this is break kind of not confirmed. He's actually signed a six-year plus one-year deal. There was a bit of um, I think disharmony and negotiation about the um, about the deal, but it's been done. So they've locked down another mortgage of Chelsea players. So uh, yeah, he's going to Crystal Palace. He'll, he'll directly um, compete with Tyreek Mitchell at the left back, or maybe he'll go in midfield. And I think actually. Got my notes here that, like, you know, we'll see if Lewis Hall is a centre CM or a left back where Palace play him and where we're prioritising. And we see him obviously primarily the left back, but his whole youth career is a centre midfielder. So, wait and see. I think that'd be a really good uh, loan for him. And similarly, as down the level, uh, Cesar Casadai has gone to Leicester. There's an Italian manager there called Enzo Malesca, who's really kind of headhunted them. And yeah, I mean, I know Cathedral really impressed Craig pre-season, but yeah, I'm kind of a bit sad to see him go. I think he's a good player, a very kind of well-rounded all-round all midfielder, but we'll see how he gets on at Leicester. I think that's a good team. I think they'll still play quite progressive football, even though they've gone down the level. And finally, uh, Gaga Salina has gone to KAS Eupen, sorry if I butchered that pronunciation, uh, to play in goal in the Belgium League. I imagine he'll probably be number one. Just again... Vastanina, definitely a goalkeeper that we can see as a number one in the future. Maybe he'll come in and be number two next next season or the season after. But yeah, yeah, good experience for them in the Belgian league. And yeah, so generally good to get these young players out and get them all minutes. So yeah, good good stuff from the club. Nice. And uh, I think Mitchell plays left back for Palace. So 
I doubt he'll get in at left back, but um, for Lewis Hall, yeah, I mean that's what I mean. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I think they're quite strong at centre midfield as well. Though I'm not sure, but um, we'll see what Lewis Hall is. I think a little bit because Hodgson will have to decide what to do with him, won't he? So we'll have to wait and see. So um, I guess the final bit on the the I guess the sort of news that came out recently is the big deal that happened for Levi Colwell. It's something that was talked about quite a bit when he came back. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Liverpool was sniffing about. Um, he has signed Levi um, and he will be a Chelsea player for the considerable future. Happy with that? Absolutely. I mean, he's uh, he's looking like the real deal and just happy to get that all sorted and done. Obviously, there's a lot of rumours about him waiting and seeing whether he was going to play games for us this season or whatever happened with that. Uh, that's all out the window, and he's uh, he's a Chelsea player for a long, long time, and that's uh, exciting. And he's he'll be starting on Sunday against Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, Agent Nonny got it done, Mister Madueke. That that kind of TikTok video that was going around afterwards, the uh, under twenty one Euro final, where Carwell was looking a bit a bit amused. You could tell in pre season there were some videos where I, th- I think he was looking at the stadium. I think he just needed a bit of a word of Pochettino. I think he just needed to be prioritised. And he hasn't even started a competitive game for the club and he's already signed a contract. I think that, you know, the Brighton were trying to really tempt him. But yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to pay a lot more than 30 million to get Levi Colwell. And yeah, I, well, I'm just really happy that we didn't sell him last summer in a Kukurai deal, right? I mean, because I think Tuchel, for whatever reason, didn't prioritise him in his thoughts. Yeah, it's really happy we locked him down. I mean... He's a fantastic player, fantastic progressive passer, very cool on the ball. And he looks like the real deal. And, uh, and uh, when Liverpool are after him and other clubs are after him, you can tell that he's heavily scouted and he's heavily, and he's, he's wanted. So, yeah, to have him and lock him down is one of, maybe one of the best signings of the summer. Yeah, good signing. Looks really good. Like you said, Brighton sniffing around, thought they could get a good deal there and sell him off 100 million probably. So, um, I'm happy. With, a lot of pressure now, I think, to deliver. I think he's... He he's done a lot of talking um, in terms of quotes and getting the stuff done. So now he needs to deliver. I have to say his passing in preseason in in one of the games was something I haven't seen since Fabregas. So definitely huge huge asset um, at the back for us. And yeah, he's he's not just a great up. passer for a centre back. He's a great passer of the ball full stop. You know. Yeah, I've never seen. As I said, yeah, Fabregas vibes. I mean, it sounds weird, but literally on a sixpence in terms of like where he's putting it and i think with the pace we've got up top it's uh something we've got something very dangerous happening here with a lot of good deep line passing so with enzo as well i think about that and even reese james um on the on the flip side so yeah we got any games against teams that like to play a high line with potentially pretty average defenders coming up (laughs) maybe maybe coming soon we'll talk about that later (laughs) i mean i I, I watched a video on tfrl about um chelsea and how poch has changed chelsea one of the main passing lanes is going to be that you know chilwell basically bombs up the pitch and they revert to a back three and carl will can basically feed chilwell and just feed him up the left so i think chelsea going to get a lot of joy up the left this season um might possibly on the right too, but I think Colby will really help that. And like 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 you've said, Chris, like we're giving this guy this kid a lot of praise. We've got, I think, a fantastic defender buying at his heels to play in Benoit Badia Shield, so he better turn up. Cause... Bit of breaking news actually about Benoit. He was back in training today, light training. Yeah. So he fantastic. Uh... I mean, let's not sleep on Benoit. Let's be honest. Maybe one of our 
best players last season in what was a terrible season. Barely put a foot wrong. Scored a, uh, basically the winner at Bournemouth. And um, I mean, for me, you, you, a lot of people are just assuming that Colwell's going to play every game. I don't assume that. I think, I think there'll be times when Colwell's form maybe will dip. But for a long-term prospect, uh, and maybe they can play together. I mean, they've never really been a double left their foot centre-back partnership, but maybe they can play together. But Colwell cannot assume he's going to play because we are absolutely stacked to centre-back. So I think we've got ridiculous depth there. And um, yeah, every player's got to turn up. Every player's got to try and fight for their place. So yeah, the fight's on. You've also got to remember, obviously this season's a, a season, but the idea is that we will get European football next season in, in some form. So um, there'll be plenty of opportunity. Baddy Shield does have quite a poor injury record. So something that he might need to uh, get sorted before he starts. I think, I think, think Cole Will's be- better on the ball. I'm not sure Cole Will, from what I've seen, is a better centre-back in terms of physicality and things like that. I think Ben Wyman might have him there, personally. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be a good battle. I think it's good, like, competitiveness and, yeah. like, may the best player win, I guess. That's, yeah. the, that's the point. I think in a really physical mm-hmm. game, you might want Benoit, but like in terms of passing out and that sort of thing, Cole Will was definitely elite. Well, I think yeah. they can both play together as well. People are forgetting, like, you don't need... Yeah. You don't need- to have a right-sided, a right-footed centre back on the right side, both can play for sure. So, and don't forget Malang Sar. Yeah, he's he's oh yeah, his voice. He's putting his foot in. He could. <laughs> we have forgot about him. I don't think we've even done <laughs> any updates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's knocking about at the bottom of our squad depth sheet. So. Oh, if you put him on, I mean, I don't even think we did in the SCR updates. From we've done four or five pods on transfers. And I think it's the first time he's been mentioned. Bless him, Paul Malang. Yeah, I don't know if you got a squad number. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> probably not um right guys unfortunately or fortunately um pre-season came to an end um we didn't get to see everyone we'd like for as much as we like but it did come to an end um against Borussia Dortmund on the 2nd of August which was quite a while away now actually it was um basically a week ago so it's been a long week um we haven't got a game till Sunday um but as always on this pod We'd like to do our temperature checks. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperature's dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. And there's no better place to start than the pre-season tour. We've got our freezing cold, warming up and boiling hot. Uh, and I'd like to get all your opinions on how everyone did and who you're looking forward to seeing and who maybe didn't perform so well. So who wants to go first? Freezing cold. Who have you got? Brady, why don't you go first? Well, freezing, I mean, I think we're all going to have him. It, it's Marco Correa. It, it, he looks a bit lost in a Chelsea shirt. He I, I, I sort of feels like he's still playing for Brighton. He doesn't never settled into the role. Attacking-wise, he's like a blunt knife. Along amongst really sharp blades. He can't really... He did get one assist for Jackson. That was actually against Brighton, so maybe he turned up against his old club. But every time he gets into the final third, he gets a bit of a nosebleed. He looks like he looks much better in a 3-4-3 system. He misses Grand Potter. Just no hype about this guy. He's got a ceiling of about 7 out or 8 out of 10 every game. He's behind now the vice-captain. I mean, he's got the Koulibaly syndrome. He's on nearly 200 bags a week. 
you, you, you're not going to be able to get him out of the club. That's why he's so positive. And yeah, just he's just a backup left back that just whatever really, isn't it? Just not really, not really fussed about him. And let's see if he can do a job on the potch. But freezing cold for me. Just doesn't inspire. Doesn't inspire you at all. Weak in the challenge. Gave against Newcastle. Shocking for the Newcastle goal. Stepped up. Gave them a goal. We should have won that game. So yeah, not not happy with Kukurea. I just don't think he's really in our plans, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think there's really any other answer in the freezer than than Kukurea. I mean, he's just there's no nothing positive about it. Yeah, like like you said, there's no there's no ceiling. He doesn't play any other positions. You know, I just yeah, I'm a bit so disappointed with that signing. It's just been one of the worst ones. And obviously, we've kind of got rid of everyone that was really heavily underperformed last season, apart from him, basically. Um, he's the only one that's still there. And yeah, I guess like Matson hasn't been given any minutes at left back in the whole of the preseason tour. So it looks like Kukurea is going to be our backup left back, I guess. And, and we'll see what he can do. He'll probably get some appearances off the bench and, uh, some some Carling Cup second round minutes, so we'll we'll see what he can do. Yeah, he's been really really bad. I think it's like the mistakes for the goals. I think it's just should never happen. Um, and you can he's definitely trying really hard as well. So it's kind of just disappointing. Um, yeah, it's very difficult. The only other player I was going to put maybe in the freezer, I guess, Chris, is yours, Kukurea, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, mine would be Sterling. I thought he was really, really bad. Here we go. Here we go. We're shocked. We're so shocked. shocked. (laughs) Mr. Skako himself. Skako. I think think Sterling had a disappointing disappointing preseason. Very, very very poor preseason, very poor. But but he is looking incredibly fit, I think, Sterling. He's looking in great shape. And I do think the effort is there from him. And, and there, uh, there, there were moments of Sterling. I don't know when he. I don't remember he broke away in the Dortmund game, and then he gave it to Jackson. And then, you know, remember when Carney got it? Um, it came off the line. That yeah, came from Sterling, yeah. sweep, sweeping run against Fulham as well. When he broke away, you, you see moments of Sterling even on the right. Yeah, which, it's not been all bad for sure. Which, which, it's not as preferable. It, I mean, I know we say this about a lot. We say this about Pulisic. He is better off the left. So he did. I don't think he really played. I think he played a half of left wing. I think that was first when he came in. He didn't look great, but he shows moments for him. And those moments, I think, that's made his career. So I think he's a moments player. I think under City, maybe, I've got a City friend, Tom, that, you know, he said that with Sterling, you'll get really frustrated, but he'll get some goals and assists. I think that's just who he is. Um, so not great, but definitely not throwing the towel in Sterling. Every, I think, well, not throwing the towel in. Um, I think that's just every winger, really. I don't think anyone ever can deliver to a really high level. No, even Hazard when he's playing at the top, you know, he, was ne- he wasn't our best player in every single game. I mean, most games, oh. to be fair. But the, he wasn't our best player in every single game. So obviously players are going to waste attacks. But what I would say is him and Jackson, and obviously Nkunku as well, unfortunately not going to play for us, but I thought they worked really well as a pressing unit as well. Um, yeah. Jackson and Sterling's energy especially was yeah. really, really good. So the only, um, thing, the only thing I'll say about Sterling is that I'm concerned. He's not great when he's pinned to the touchline. For City, he would come in and get tap-ins, get goals. We need to bring him further into the pitch and, and that because that's really where he got a lot of his goals and assists, cutting in, things like that. When you pin him on the right wing, he is he does get isolated. So that's a tactical thing. Now that's something Potch, there's a player there. 
That's up to the manager to do that. If you pin Raheem Sterling to the right wing, you're not playing to his best attributes. Sometimes it's about the manager putting the players in the right places. And he's a big asset. Everyone points to his wages. His wages are what they are. He's a high-profile player. You've got to try and fit him in. Simple. He's the highest-paid player now, right? 325 bags. He's the highest-paid player at the club. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 on the old wage structure, right? He's the last he's also one. Won the most trophies, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um. Anyway, hopefully you can turn it around in the season because that's all that matters. So, warming up. Lots to choose from. I hope. I think. Yeah, for this season, massive right? selection. Massive selection here. Yeah. You're in pole position, Brady, today. Beautiful. It's my man, MM. It's Mahalo Mudrik. It's the, nice. uh, he brings it out of the sky. And uh, he's not bald in heart because he brings it out of the sky sometimes. And he, he does some beautiful skill that the TikTok kid love, kids love. But then he just, you know, he just takes a shot from 40 yards, which you know, makes Craig te- tear his hair out. But <laughs> the, the goal he scored shows what he can do. I mean, that was a phenomenal goal. And a lot of that goal was to do with Nick Jackson. I'm sure one of us would have boiling hot, a bit of a spoiler. But Mudrik, I mean, he eats up space quicker than I ate, ate up cake as a teenager, fast and aggressively. He just goes from zero to 100 real quick. And, uh, you, you know, he's doing track sprints and all that. And he's a bit, he's a, bit of a hipster player. You know, he's, he's, on, he's on Instagram, he's on TikTok. He's a new age kind of player. And it's not for everyone. But he's got some unreal raw abilities. And you talk about playing in behind on Sunday, behind Trent. I want to see, I'm seeing Matson in some left left wings. I want to see Mahalo Mujic versus Trent in the high line. And then we'll see. So, end product needs work, but there's a lot there. So, warming up for me. My warming up is a, is a sad one. Um, it's Christopher Nkunku. Mm. I thought he was, uh, he was really looking like, like he could be a really, really key player for us. And also looking like a top player as well. Love his uh, love his end product. Love his patience at the top of the top end of the pitch. Love his movement. Um, so, I guess yeah. The the issue would be what we're going to do now in that position. We don't really have any players that fit that profile as as backups. You know, I don't know. Shukwamenka has looked okay, but um, the, the apart from him, you know, Gallagher's the only other guy really that can play ten in the whole squad. So. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see, you know, what 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 we do going forward. What do you guys think about number ten spot now? And Kunku's uh, injured. Brady, you're the, you're the man for ten. What, what, what I, mean, I mean, first of all, I don't know. I've got a bit of a, rant, a slight rant about his pitch. Why they played on that pitch in the fifth game, I'll never know. It looked like a pitch just very similar to the RLC injury. Did the club like never learn? I mean, these pit. I know they're going there for commercial purposes to grow the brand. I know it's important for the club, I get that. But at the cost of having your best player, probably your best attacking player out for like 40% of the season, it's crazy. And, but anyway, but like, in terms of actually the number 10, I think we've got a bit of a problem. And I think at the moment, we're going to be lining up with uh, Gallagher in the six and Carney in the 10. I don't know you boys think, I might swap him around. I think Carney is better deeper. And I think you saw Man United away last season where he played that role. I think he was good there. I thought, and I think Colin Gallagher is a very good presser of the ball and a bit more fairly dynamic to maybe not great on the ball, but a little bit like a Frank Lampard. That's one good thing that Frank Lampard did 
when he came in last season, it was around with his second leg where he played Conagher and that thought Conagher in that false nine ten, and he really pressed and Harry's Ramage before they made a tackle to adjustment. So yeah, it's a big problem. We're we're really really short at ten. We need we need investment and um, honestly, with Nkunku out, it really makes the attack look a little bit thin in terms of that central area. So yeah, gutting that he's gone, and it looks like he's going to be out for sixteen weeks, as reported by Matt Law. So I doubt we'll see him before Christmas, boys. So yeah, brutal. I like to I like what you said, Conniger. 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 <laughs> good nickname. Conniger. Um I Conniger. actually think <laughs> I think they'll take a chance. I don't think they'll fix this immediately. Um if they feel like it needs to be fixed. I think they'll give Chukwemenka the next three to four games, if we depending on I can't remember when the Carabao Cup game is, to really assess what, what the situation is with Chuk and Chuki and see if he's up to it. I think he is. I think I'll ask a question. What's What's Carney's best position, Craig? What do you think? I don't think he's he's a six, but I do think yeah, he looked good when he played against United in that eight position where he can sort of get yeah. up and down. And more of an eight, yeah, I was incorrect. I, I I do think he's better. I, I I prefer him at ten than than six. I just wonder if he's. I, he looks like to me as a guy that's got no confidence right now, and and that's fair enough. He's playing a big role for a big team. He doesn't look like he's he's showing us his his all right now. It, it, he he doesn't have the confidence to try everything. He just sort of gets the ball, moves it on a lot, and that's fine. You know that will come, I guess, over time. But I just I I would like him as our backup ten this year, um, and to stay in the squad, and for us to go out and and sign someone else. I think because. The other thing I would say about Nkunku was I thought he actually looked better coming in off the left-hand side. Yeah. He played there in the game he got injured in. No, the game before that as well, sorry. Did he play left wing as well? I thought he looked really good there. Um, better than when he was playing sort of as a 10. I, I think he's a bit of a weird profile of player Nkunku where he's not. He's definitely not a, a 9, a striker. I think we need Jackson or another focal point. We, the team looked so much better when he was playing. But I don't know if Nkunku's like a, a traditional 10 in a 4-2-3-1 either. I think he's sort of like a... You'd almost want to play a 4-4-2 with him and play him up top, just feeding off Jackson. I liked it when they played um, in, I think, the second game. They were basically glued to each other and sort of you'd play the ball up and they sort of moved together. And that looked really good, I think. So I don't think we actually have a 10 in the squad, really. The profile, at least, of it uh, of that player. So I do think it is a position that they will look to address, but probably not force um, in the next three weeks, but we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, I I don't have enough good things to say about Nkunku. I thought he was outstanding. Um, he looks like a player that is just going to be so good for us. He's a proper player. Um, I agree about his positioning. I think it is a bit weird where you would play him because he didn't immediately call out for someone who's going to be central. Um, he doesn't really have that type of ability. He's kind of like he did look better on the wing, I think. Um, I I just think it's going to be a breakthrough year for Chukwemenka. I think he, I don't agree with what you said, Craig. I think he is looking good, confident. If you look at a lot of the goals that we scored, even in that first game, he lays it off the uh, Martson for his shot on the edge of the area. You look at the Nkunku goal later on where he. You know, the ball's falling around. He takes two or three fantastic touches, gets his shot off, um, and then Nkunku gets the rebound. Again, later on in, the, I think, the last game, he was very unlucky not to score. I think it was a ridiculous clearance when he was thrown on the line. So 
And another day he might have had a few more goals as well. And I think he's going to be really good. And I think good thing about him is he, he does look good a bit deeper as well. Um, and I just think his touches are so good. And he's very aware of where people are. Like he, he just plays little one one touch passes, rarely gives the ball away. I think he's I I would just stick with him to be honest with you and, and look to buy maybe a similar type of player maybe for that position as well. But I would push him f- further forward in the sort of lineup than a lot of people would do in terms of selection. If I said to you um at the end of last season that we'll we'll make a bunch of transfers, loads of in and outs, but we'll play a four two three one and starting at ten would be Carney Trickwomenka, I think you'd 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 be surprised and you'd probably be a little bit disappointed as well that we yeah, hadn't really. addressed addressed that position. So I, I, even if I you're high on him, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be. I I liked him last year. I he I don't know why he wasn't playing constant issue with last year where people weren't playing but well, I, I, I don't, don't think he was playing, playing because I don't think he was good enough to play for it. like a lot I of mean people... he played one real game for us didn't he with the United game and he was probably the best player on the pitch I mean it's it's very difficult to really judge people from last season because of the inconsistency but I think we've got to give him a chance and I think he's going to surprise people I think he's going to deliver uh, no don't get me wrong I think Carney is going to be a great talent but it feels like well, the problem with Chelsea is I know we hype Nick Jackson we're probably going to talk about it in a minute Nick Jackson is probably not going to be your thirty-goal-a-season person. I mean, and maybe we haven't got. We need players to chip in from every position. It's the Arsenal model. We need twelve goals, goals slash assists from every from the top four areas. If we're even going to think about top four this year, I'm just not sure Carney's got in the next ten games five goals in him. Which maybe it's we funny need. Funny because one of one of his quotes actually was around that. Was I think he's. He mentioned like it's one thing he wants to deliver was goals and says he spoke to Poch about it. Which I think is really beneficial. We have a very, very small little team that we're building, which I think people don't realise. One issue that I have for the Liverpool game on Sunday is definitely around set pieces and height. And I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it's also about expectations. If you're happy with top six this year and maybe a cup run, I think Carney's a perfectly good, good choice. If you actually want to push for top three, top four in this league, I don't think he's really up to it in what we need at the moment. Personally. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, if you're happy with top six, Carney's your man. If you really want to push, just go and get Mohamed Kudus because he's a better player. He's just, he's, they're just, they're just they're more goal assist machines. We just need numbers. We're not, but Carney's good on the ball. Uh, like like cheek in some sense, Silky can glide through players. That, that that game against Fulham, like you said, the the second goal where we had that fantastic kind of. Uh, dribbled his way through a really tight space and then got a shot away. That's great, but we need him to get 10 goals this year, and I'm not sure yeah. he can. So, um, that's my main I think it's good to, to let him have a chance to, to play in these games before the end of the window. We'll be able to see three or four games from him, and probably they'll have a better idea. And whether they need to panic address it at the end of the window, we'll, we'll, they'll see, I guess. I was going to say, was, I have a lot more faith in Chukwamenko with Premier League experience and his height than I do in. Mohamed Kudus coming from the era Eredivisie at the same age, basically. He's just a better pro. He's actually a ten. I mean, we could talk about this. I've already talked about Carney too much, but yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's do yeah. boiling hots. Uh, Wait, did I do my warming up? No. Sorry. Let's finish with my boiling heart, which is going to be. It's lots to choose from actually. You're warming up, you um, mean? Yeah, I was going to go for um, tricky one. I'm going to go for. Because Gallagher's leaving, I was going to put him there because I thought he was great, and I think he might leave. Malo Gusto for me yeah, good was shot. Good shot. absolutely fantastic. 
Um, I was so I'm so surprised how good he is. He's so skillful, so quick, so aware. Um, he looks very confident as well, very um, complete on the ball. Um, wow, what a player we've got there. I think really good. Um, I, I couldn't believe how good he was when I saw him. So I hope we see, I think we'll obviously see a lot more of him this season, but very impressive. Um, I always thought Rhys James would be better in the middle of the pitch, and um, obviously he's very injury prone. So I think if we did lose James this season, if he does play right back, I wouldn't be too disappointed with the backup we've got. So, yeah, for much being about Aspen Equator, who we had last year coming in, this is an absolutely unbelievable upgrade. So very excited for uh, Gusto. Yeah, good shot, good shot. I think there could be a, a world as well where Gusto plays with Rhys James. They can play together, whether we play you know, some 3-4-3 three, three, and Gusto can play wing back and rotate with Reese, or even in a 4-2-3-1, Reese can play midfield with Enzo maybe and Gusto at, at um, right back. So there's there's some options to, to go along with that. He'll definitely get some minutes for us this season. And yeah, he was, he looked pretty good, yeah. I mean, with, with Poch, if they're going to do what they did at Tottenham with the uh, Danny Rose, Kyle Walker system, Chilwell and Reese are going to be up and down, up and down, up and down. And let's be honest, with Reece, with, with James's injury record, I think he'll need his minutes managed. So I can see Gusto getting between 10 and 12 starts this year anyway. Um, I know he's club captain and you want him on and look pitch a lot, but we can't have Reece James out for a long time. So yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty standard for fullbacks, I think, to, to yeah, play yeah. sort of three he's quarters of the games. Great, great player to bring on. I mean, and Poch is used to this. He had, he had Kieran Trippier behind Walker, you know. He's used to dealing with that for win-back. Um, and yeah, Malagusto, also like pretty physical on the ball. Like, he could challenge. Not, not weak in the challenge. I thought he'd be quite scrawny, but not fit, like he's got it all on the ball, but maybe right off the ball. Fantastic pickup. I mean, I went on about it. No more RLC or WB, thank God. Bless Ruben, a right back. I know Craigie thought he was right there. I've got a proper wing back, right back option now. It's so much better for squad balance, and yeah, I'm delighted with him. Yeah, good shot, really good shot. Another, another. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention this whole season, by the way. Another little shrimp, unfortunately, very small guy. So that's a bit, and he got done for that header against Brighton, which I get very concerning. So I don't know, like Wait. shoulder away, like there was, he was running back against Dortmund, and someone tried to body him, and he, he shook him off. Yeah, so. but um, no, I'm talking about height, not strength. Yeah, it, it, we, we might struggle. We might struggle with set pieces this year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, right, Brady, boiling hot. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I think we're going to pick him. It's Nick Jackson. Um, did everything. I mean, apparently he can't head the ball, but I think he did everything else. He, he runs the channels. He runs in behind. He can, he can assist. He can do silky assists. He's ice cold one-on-one. In the, uh, I don't know if you saw it in the Dortmund game at, at half-time. He didn't score and he, like, thumped the ground, like Ronaldo style. He, this, he's got a lot of ambition and a big move for him. I mean, we just um, just got everything crossed. The two things he doesn't get injured, and also like he actually converts his form to the Premier League. We're, to be honest, with Nick Jackson, our hopes are riding on him a bit. I mean, with Nkunku injured, if Nick Jack, you know, if Nick Jackson wasn't to perform, we might have a bit of an issue. So, really hoping he can convert. He's giving us all fantastic vibes, good energy about him, and let's hope it carries on, man. Let's hope he can get twenty. 20 G slash A or something like that. I think he might be a bit more of an assist man, laying, uh, laying players off and play things like that, a little bit like he did for Mudrick. But I mean, that the finishes against Newcastle and against Brighton, he, he had them both ice cold finish, uh, bottom corner, and then smashed it top, top bin. So 
yeah, really, really excited. Don't see another player who could boil in hot, really, um, in the attacking area anyway. But yeah, it's Nick Jackson for me. I mean, what, what a player Nick Jackson is. Just, I mean, we look, we're, we're on the ball as well. Just so good. Touch, again, touches, movement. Oh, just fantastic. I forgot what it's like to have a competent finisher up front for so long. It's just <laughs> brutal. And maybe in like a, another person who might be punching the ground is Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth, who <laughs> could have had him in January with the... He almost went to Bournemouth um, if it wasn't for his hamstring injury. So, yeah, we've what a player we've got for what a price as well. Um, unbelievably good and very motivated to be even better. And I think a lot of people had some doubts about our transfer policy at the beginning of the summer, who these guys were coming in, you know, not, not big money. I think this, when you look at people like Jackson and Nkunku are playing, People are starting to realise what's going on here at Chelsea. And I think a lot of the Premier League are going to be uh, a little bit surprised with how good this guy is. So very impressive and hopefully stays fit. Yeah, I think Universal, three straight boiling hots for Nick Jackson. There wasn't really anyone else that we could even consider. I did think about, you know, even someone else just to mix it up here as going last, you know. But there's just no one else. Nick Jackson is—he's uh, taken us all by surprise, and we're really looking forward to see. It. I'm, do you know, what? I'm really looking forward to seeing him play live on Sunday as well, because obviously you get to see all the movement and and everything. It's just yeah, buzzing for buzzing for Sunday for his first game. Yeah, very good. Um, lovely. So that's pre-season all done, and we've got a, a lovely game on Sunday to get started. But um, before that. I want to quickly take everyone's predictions for the 2023-24 season. You're going to write these down, yeah, and remind us at the end of the season. Yeah, that's it. We'll write this all down. We'll get it posted. Guess the Um, narrative. Guess Yes, guess the narrative, basically. Um, So what I'm looking for is champions, top four, and the relegation three. So um, get your uh, your thinking caps on. Go on, Craig. I've got mine, but you can do yours first. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break the mold a bit here and go for push the boat out, and I'm gonna say the champions of the Premier League this season are gonna be Manchester City. Wow, big big call. Oh, big call. that's that's against the odds, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I just can't see past them. They they're just I think they're just still a bit too good um, this season. I I do think it'll be closer than previous seasons, but I think they'll just have too much. In the end, um, and they're not done signing yet as well. Uh, you know, Piquetta from West Ham and whoever else they sign, they're they're just going to be they're going to be a top team again this year. And and yeah, can't see anyone pipping them to to first. My second place team is a surprise. I'm going to go Liverpool in second. I think scored the most goals of the Premier League clubs in preseason. I think they they look sharp again. I think the midfield was a big issue last year for them. I think they've addressed that. I do think they'll start a bit slow. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to take advantage of that um, on Sunday a bit because I think they've got a few new players and, and there's a bit of a betting in period, I think, for them. But I think when they get it right, and obviously they get almost like a new signing and Luis Diaz back as well, who missed a huge portion of last year. I think him, Jota and Salah is a, is a hell of a front three. You can play Gakpo up there as well. Um, and they've got, not even including Darwin Nunes, who's you know an £80 million striker as well. So. 
it's that they've got so much firepower. They're going to score so many goals this season. And I think they're going to be uh, up there at least uh, second or third. So I'm going to go second for, for Liverpool. Third place, I'm going to go Man United. I think they've recruited really well. I think Ten Hag's a brilliant manager. I think he gets it, the Premier League. I think he, he's he's going to get that squad really firing this season. Um, the additions fit the mould as well of what he wants to do. I think everything sort of aligns with that. Um, I think United are going to be a really, really good team this year and a really, really tough team to play against as well. Um, men- mentality, I think, is is top up, up there at the moment. Um, and in fourth place, I'm going to go with Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, come on, you blue. Making it into the top four. I, I, I just got a feeling that we're going to push. I, 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 I thought about moving us out of it. I thought we'd come fourth, and then the Nkunku injury. I don't know if we've still got enough up top. I think Nkunku and Jackson was going to be a hell of a partnership. Um, and I'm really, really disappointed that we're only going to see that for half the season. Um, and then when Nkunku comes back as well, Jackson's going to go off to AFCON. But um, I think we'll still have enough just about to get fourth. Um, so we'll see. I, I, Arsenal obviously moving out the, the top four after having such a great season. I do think they're going to fall off a bit this year. Um, but yeah, I think Chelsea are just about nick it. And I don't know how differing your, your guys' opinions are. Uh, I mean, I've really gone out of the box and I've put Man City winning winning the league. Uh, I, I've done similar to you. I've I've um, I've got Liverpool in second. I think Liverpool will bounce back a little bit like they did before. I think Liverpool actually might challenge. I mean, if they get the midfield sorted out, I think they've got a really good attack. I think Van Dijk captain will help. They've still got Alisson. I've kind of, to be honest, what I saying, in third, it's Arsenal. I think Arsenal... I think they'll get third. I don't see them top, dropping out the top four. I think they've actually recruited pretty well. We talk about Kai, but with Declan Rice is a massive signing. Uh, they've got a lot more depth now. I mean, I think Champions League will hurt them and make, there's a possibility they could really dip off in the league, but I still think they'll hang on to third, maybe get around 76, 78 points. And fourth, it's, uh, it's Chelsea Football Club. I've snuck them in there. I... I don't know. My head says fifth, but my heart says fourth. So I put, my heart's ruling at the moment. I'm very similar to Craig. Before the Nkunku injury, I was confident. That injury really broke my heart. And I've got United. I've actually done fifth and sixth. I've got United in fifth and Spurs in sixth. Wow, I'm Newcastle not, not even in the top six. No, I think Newcastle dip off this year. I think the Champions League will really hurt them, personally. I don't think Tonali is that good a signing either, personally. Um, no, he looks really bad against us tonight. To be fair. yeah, I don't. I think he's just a bit of a tidy player. I think they've actually might have got a better player in Loftus Cheek going the other way. To be honest, but um, yeah, um, I think Spurs. To be honest, might be a bit of a dark horse this year. I'm not going to get in top four. I think Ange Ball might be uh, might be wow, interesting. An Ange believer. I, I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I've seen some clips of Spurs playing out from the back. I mean, my dad's a Celtic fan. My second team is Celtic, so I'm probably a bit biased there, but. And you can get a team going. And we've got Harry Kane and Hummy and Son going. If you get a Kane and Son going, it's uh, tough to get them stuck going. And make, Kane's probably... It depends, obviously, if they keep Kane. But I've essentially just swapped United and uh, Arsenal. Not as hot on United. I think they'll be okay. I think a little bit, if they, if Rashford gets injured, they're in big trouble. That new lad they bought, I'm not sure about him. There's all, there's all these things about him. He's got a back injury already. He scores nine goals in about three million games. Not really, not really fussed about him coming in, to be honest. Um, I think Anthony's poor man's Robin. And uh, 
yeah, that's it really. So for me, Chelsea sneak into the top four, but we'll see. What about you, Chris? Nice. Uh, yeah, I I actually I'll come on to United. Uh, I've got Man City winning the Premier League. So wow, 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 Craig, um, wow there. <laughs> next up, I've got Arsenal. Um, I think Ooh, Arsenal. Cool. I don't. I think Arsenal will be short of Man City. I think Arsenal have a better defence um, than Liverpool. Oh, yeah, I, oh, Liverpool. I thought it was Man City. Because they have better defensive midfielders. I think they have a better midfield in front of their defence yeah. than Liverpool do. And I think that will help them be a bit more resilient this year. I don't think they'll score as many goals. I think that they have a big issue, Arsenal, I think, with the goal-scoring position. Because Jesus is not very reliable. And Nketiah, OK, and... I mean, Havertz was playing there the other day and we know how bad he is. So um, I think they may draw a few more this season. Um, and obviously with having more match days with the Champions League, which are a bit more intense where they can't swap their squad around as much as they did last year in the Europa League. Um, I then have Liverpool coming third. I think I agree. I think their goals puts them in a really good position. Um, I think they will do a lot better. I probably I wasn't sure whether to put Chelsea third just for optimism. Ahead of Liverpool, so um, and then I got Chelsea fourth, but I think maybe Chelsea could come third just because we've got less games. And I don't know about this Liverpool team. I think me and Craig think we've got Chelsea fourth, but we're thinking it could be fifth or sixth without Nkunku, and you're like, yeah, probably first. So you are the optimist as always, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I'll say Liverpool fourth then. Um, The issue I have with Liverpool is I don't think people realise how bad, not how bad, how really off they are with their pressing than they were before. I know it's all about the midfield stuff, but I don't think McAllister's the best presser in the world, maybe, but maybe they'll surprise me. Um, anyway, so I've got Chelsea third and Liverpool fourth. Chelsea, obviously. Uh, We've all got Chelsea in our top four. That's it. What a surprise on the Watch Chelsea Um Cool. Quickly on relegation. Just, just name them out. Mine are Wolves, Luton and Fulham. I've got Sheffield United bottom. I think they're awful. Sheffield United, and uh, you know they haven't. I, I just think they're going to be the worst team. They might be the worst team we've seen for a while. Um, Luton, Luton, and uh, Everton. I've got going down. Everton. Wow. Okay. I've got. I definitely have Wolves. I think they're a good price to go down as well, actually. Um, and then I've got um, Sheffield United, and I have Luton. So bit cool. obvious there. Um, cool. All right, guys. Um, that's it. So you'll notice that we haven't gone into the preview for the Liverpool game, and that's because we have a special behind enemy lines pod um, where we actually discuss Liverpool with a couple of Liverpool fans um, and preview the game on Sunday, which we'll release on a special edition pod coming out, obviously, before the game on Sunday. So nice. look out for that. That's where we're going to have all of our preview for the game. So hopefully that's good fun and um, I think we had a great discussion with the guys. Um, yeah, that point, so. now, I mean, cool. more, more ESCR content coming in hot. If you could follow us on uh, Twitter at Eat Sleep Chelsea, we're, going, we're creeping up to 1,500 followers. That'd be great. And yeah, more, more content's going to be coming out. More, maybe some videos, some audio stuff, more content coming your way. Excellent. Right. As always, we'll finish the pod with a quiz. Questions about the blues, so you don't lose the beat. A few clues, correct answers only. It is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz.
We will. Uh, it's the first one back. So I thought I'd ease you into it. I think this is quite, not an easy one, but it's quite a chill quiz. It's not the intense one. We had an intense one the other night with the Liverpool boys. Bit of a preview there. That was, that was intense. But uh, this one's uh, it's themed on the, uh, the first day of the season quiz. So the, the question is, what was the last season opener? This is a multi, it's not a multi-question quiz here. What was the last season opener where we had a new manager who was appointed in the summer? What was the game? I guess it, um, Conte, maybe? No, it would have been Super Frank, wouldn't it, against uh, Leicester? Mm, you're half right. It... Oh, f- half. So it's Leicester, <laughs> or is it Lampard? Leicester at home, no? No, this is like just the first, not the first game at home, the first game of the season. Oh, United away, 4-0. United away. Do you remember, yeah. when, the, remember when the score that day? 4-0? Four, 4-0 four four nil to United, absolute, probably the most. I, I, I did say that. Oh, sorry, sorry, Chris. We, uh, we did play pretty well that day, actually. We actually played pretty well that day. It was actually um, the one yeah. that worked on this unlucky game. Yeah, it was like a three-one Chelsea, and then that, that, you know Dan James ended up scoring and all that. Now he actually, is... had, he actually had the same game in the in the last game he played against United. Well, I actually thought we we could have scored loads of goals, and then we ended up just yeah. passing the three, ball to them. There's three questions I've got. Might find this easier or hard. I'm not sure, but the first one is: Can you from the match day squad of that day was? 18 players. How many players do you think are left at the club on this day? That, this game was four years ago. So including the bench and the starting 11 that day, how many players do you think are still in at Chelsea Football Club as of now? It's just, it's you just want the number. Well. Sorry? You just want the number, right? Yeah, I just want the number first of all. Just guess us for the number. And then we'll um, guess. I'll go with... Th- Three or f- let's go with four. Four. I think. I think one. He's got it. It's one. I think it's Kepa. Oh, he's got it. He's got, <laughs> I was going to say, can you name that player? He's, Bang. He, he solved the quiz. Yeah, but what, what about um, like <laughs> Reese was obviously in, like a Chelsea player at the time. No, he's still not, not in the squad that day. Oh, I see. He's like he has to be not in the squad, mate. Squad. Not in the squad. He's so, injured. Well, I don't know where he was. He weren't in the team. No, he was but, injured at the beginning of that, as he always is. Uh, before that so season started, Chris has absolutely smashed that out of the park. It's Kepa. We can't get rid of him. Tommy Tuchel's trying to get rid. That will complete the set of the players who go. Now, can you name the first eleven that day? We've got one. Kepa in goal. Can you name so, the other ten? Asby at right back. Correct. Zuma must have been playing. Well done. You're on fire today, Chris. Because he, he gave away the penalty against Rashford. You've been going to quiz school. <laughs> I just remember this game. Tamori? No, he was on the bench. Yeah. Good guess. It's going to be... Um, who Who's plays Zuma? centre-back? Because it's not Silva, because obviously, otherwise he'd still be at the, the club. You two love this player. No, Silva came in the previous... The next year. So we, both, we both love this player that played tonight. Oh, yeah. Big time. Could be Rudiger. Being Tamori. No, Rudiger. No, it no. could be being sarcastic. Oh. Uh, loved him. 
We both hated him. So who is it? Like, like, what centre backs are absolutely rubbish? They're not rubbish, but he. he Christensen. Well, yeah. Oh, Christensen. Yeah, yeah Christensen. <laughs> Mr. Tum- Mr. Tummy ache himself. And then uh, Alonso at left back. No, but Marcus so- Alonso was on the bench, unbelievably. I think this. A player that still plays in the Prem, recently won a European trophy. Yeah. Is it? Oh, Emerson. Um, Emerson. Emerson. Yeah. It's Emerson. I can't remember and his the, name. Yeah. Double six pivot, your classic. Emerson. Brutal. Um, no wonder we lost without defence. He hit the bar that day, I think. Wow, what a backline that is. Yeah. Emerson, Asking... Christensen, <laughs> uh, Aspilicueta, and who was the other guy? Tomorrow. No, Tamori, Tamori Aspie, and Aspie, Zuma, Christensen and Emerson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. And Kepa in goal. And we conceded four goals. I, mean, I can't must... believe we conceded four with that lineup. No wonder. Um, <laughs> right, the, the midfield. Kovacic. Yeah, correct. Pop Jorginho. Yeah, done. Double pivot done. Front four. Tammy, the man, Abraham. Well yeah. done, Tammy Abraham. Willian. No, he must have been injured. Pedro, no. Oh, yeah, Pedro, Pedro's one. Oh, Pedro, yeah, he's still there. Okay, yeah, Pedro. Um, Come on, it's it's Frank's. Come on, you missed an obvious one. Oh, Mason Mount. Mason Mount, obviously. Frank's Frank's nephew. Frank's son. On the other wing. And this player was actually referred to in the pre-pod, when we we prepared the pod, You, you mentioned this player, Chris. Recently made a move to the Premiership, Premier League after leaving for a bit. The player that's recently moved to the Premier League after a little, a little soiree. Oh my God! It's it's Boss Barkley. It's Chips himself on the left wing. What sort, of, li- what sort of a lineups this that we've got out? Yeah, we've got. I mean, I did look at this and that one. I mean, it's the kind of team. Imagine playing FIFA that year. You get pumped. Anyway, yeah. You want to quickly rattle off the bench, or should I just give no, you a bench? No, no, let's not do the bench. The bench was actually the bench was actually legit. Pulisic, who at the time was hyped as like this amazing player, the man, the myth, the legend, Oli Giroud on the bench, Engolo yeah, Kante on the bench. He would have been up from injury. Marcus Alonso, Tamori Caballero. That's it. That's your quiz. Well done, Chris. Well done, well, well, well done guys. <laughs> I've got to say though, good start to season for Chris. He's been in pre-season quiz training, I think. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, rare, rare win for him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, lovely. Well, thanks, guys, and look forward to seeing you uh, Sunday for the game. Can't yeah. wait. See you there. Cool. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, then uh, we'll try and um, stick some nice videos, photos from the game as well. Let's get a good atmosphere. Yeah, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Chelsea or Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat for all updates and all things in the CR um, and obviously for the game as well. So thank you guys and as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be and thanks for listening. <laughs>